this. And so, uh, it's a new year. It's the first time in, in uh, first time together in 2021. And uh, it's crazy how you know 2020 was completely chaotic. There, are so many things that were a complete and total mess. And then the clock struck 12, and it, everything's awesome now, right? Everything just magically is fixed, you know, COVID's gone, we now know who the president is, there's no social or racial unrest, like everything's just back to normal and everything's great. Well, no, okay, and so, um, I don't know, there's some people that thought like, we just got to get past 2020 and then everything's going to be awesome. Well, guess what? Everything's still a mess. And uh, our hope and our faith is not in a new year, our hope and our faith is in the King of Kings. And uh, so we're going to focus our attention there this morning, but we're also going to, um, you know, we're the church and politics. So this ought to be uh, this ought to be fun. See, I told Tony we were going to be. I was preaching out of Philippians, and he showed up this morning, and here we are. Just kidding, just kidding. But one one of the things, think back two weeks ago, if you were here, Tony mentioned that he was at a basketball game while he was there. So there were some kids that were sitting around in front of him, and they were started having this conversation about the president and the president-elect and this candidate and that candidate. And so one of the things that I know to be true is like really for the last, I mean, it's been this way for a while, but really the last several months, I mean, the topic of discussion has been politics. I mean, it has been front and center. That's been on everybody's mind. It's been conversation after conversation. No matter where you go, you're confronted, uh, you're confronted with this. And uh, so now specifically, you know, we're going into January and this week, you know, we're supposed to officially find out who the president's going to be. I'm still not 100% sure that that's really, uh, we're really going to find that out. And then later this month, we're supposed to, you know, inaugurate the new president or the old president or the, but who, who the heck knows? Like, you know, we don't, we don't really know, but I know that it's the topic of discussion. And, and so what I want to do is I just want to have a, I just want to have a discussion. Let's have a discussion about what's going on in culture and in the world around us. And like, what's our response as Christians? What should our response as Christians be in this, uh, in this time? And, and look, let me, let me say this up front. And I want to be crystal clear on this. This was not my idea. Uh, I, I'm just being honest. Like I, if you ask Tony, you, he would tell you that it was probably a month ago I started hammering him about like what text am I going to be on because I knew that I was going to be preaching this morning uh, well in advance. And so I wanted to know what text in Philippians we were going to be on. He's like, you can do something else if you want to. I'm like, no, I'm just going to pick up in Philippians. That's what we're going to do. And so that was my intention, and so I'd been staying on him, you know, and then trying to keep him nailed down there as a task anyway. And, uh, and so we finally figured it out, and I, like, I got my text, and I'm cruising along. And two weeks ago, remember when I said he mentioned that, uh, the whole conversation with the kids, and they're talking about uh, the election and the president and this and Christians and, you know, this whole thing. It's like, and so when he started talking, God just, he just put his thumb on me. And he wouldn't take it off. And literally the whole time I was sitting in service that morning, like I was wrestling with God. And I'm going, there's no way. Like I am not. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. Like I'm not doing that. And God just saying, nope, that's what I want you to do. My people need to, need to hear. They need to know. Like we want to we make sure that we're approaching things uh, from a biblical perspective and approaching uh, the things that we're facing with a biblical mindset. And so, but understand that it wasn't my idea. So if you're mad at somebody, you leave here mad this morning, you can be mad at God because I didn't want to do it, 
okay? So I need you to know that. Uh, I need you to know that up front. And uh, because here's the thing, they're, they're really the two things that people are most passionate about are what? Religion and politics. And we're going to talk about both. So, you know, here we are. And specifically, we're going to talk about Jesus. But that brings more uh, conflict than religion. And so we're going to have this conversation. And people are mostly passionate about it. I told the first uh, service that, like, if you lead a sermon-based discussion in community groups... I am so sorry. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because then they had to take what we had just talked about and then go in and have a discussion about the two things that people are most passionate and most opinionated about as well. And so uh, I do want to, uh, I do want to, we're going to, so if you have your Bible, you can open it to Philippians. Everything else will be on, everything else will be on the screen uh, the text, and then if you grabbed, if if you hopefully you grabbed a listening guide on the way in, and if you didn't, you can hop up and go grab one. They're in the aisles there behind you. Um, but on the back of that, I also listed all the scriptures that I'm going to reference this morning because we're going to kind of be all over the place. Um, but I wanted to frame it in. I want to frame everything that we're going to talk about in the the conversation that we had last week. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I encourage you to go back and and listen to. Um, listen to the discussion that we had on anxiety and what happened last Sunday as I was still wrestling with God the week before that. And the reason I wanted to know in advance is because I had, uh, this past week I took the seniors. We went on a senior trip this past week, so I knew I was going to be out of town and I wanted to get the bulk of that preparation done uh, beforehand. And so I had time to really meditate and think through what we were going to be talking about today. Um, but then last Sunday, God just confirmed yet again as we had the conversation uh, on anxiety, that this is the this is where we need to this is where we need to to go today. So here's what I want to do. I want to read the passage that we uh, addressed last week, and then I want to read the the couple verses following that that will be addressed next week. But I want you to before I read, I want you to think with me as I read this. I want you to think about the current situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, as far as politics is concerned in America today. I want you to just have that, tuck that away in the back of your mind. Think about what this, this passage is calling us to, and then think about it through the lens of uh, the political situation that we find ourselves in today. Can you all do that? All right, so let's, let's read. All right, Philippians 4, verse 4. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now just think about where we are as a nation. Think about everything that's going on and listen to what he's saying. And then listen to what he says here. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Okay? We got our... We got everything kind of 
framed in now in light of what we've been talking about, what we're going to be talking about. And let's just pause this week and let's just have a conversation about where we find ourselves and how we're to respond as Christians. Understand something. My goal is not to provoke you in any way. My goal is not to make you angry or upset. Although, some of you may leave angry and upset. Again, wasn't my idea. You take that up with God. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take our attention and point it to Scripture and allow God's Word to lead us and guide us and speak to us. But know that my my intention is uh, to have a conversation that will be helpful for you to walk out our faith, for us together as God's people to walk out our faith in the current season and situation that we find ourselves in. And so uh, I, why this was kind of on my mind, I had a conversation with the students. It was uh, the Wednesday following the election. And so I unpacked a few ideas, and you know, God gave me a whole lot more to unpack with you this morning. But like I was just, as God was saying, hey, I want you to have a conversation about this. Like it was, he was reminding me of all the things that we talked about following, uh, following the election. And, uh, and my goal is just to help, to have a conversation so that, so that we, can, we can work this out. And we're reminded again what scripture teaches us. And so, so what happens is, is so often we're, we're more influenced by, by other things than we are scripture. And whether that's social media or whether that's, uh, the news, or whether that's uh, our political party, or but we allow ourselves to be, be more influenced by things other than Scripture. But Scripture can be difficult sometimes, and so that's why in Hebrews, in Hebrews twelve, uh, chapter four, verse twelve and thirteen, very common passage of Scripture. For the word, uh, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints. And of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Sometimes God, not sometimes, God uses his word to do surgery on our hearts, to produce in us the change that he desires to see. And sometimes that's uncomfortable, and sometimes it's painful, but it's always for our good. And that's my goal and my desire uh, for this morning. I love you, but more importantly, um, more importantly, God loves you. So let me pray, and then we're going to dive in and have a great conversation. Okay? Y'all excited? Hey, here's the thing. This may be the last time I've ever, ever asked to preach in service on Sunday morning again. So, I mean, like, it may never happen again. So this may be our last hoorah. All right? So let's have some fun. All right? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the fact that it is living and active and that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, that you pierce the, to the division of our, of our soul and of our spirit. And God, you desire to see change in us. God, you desire to make us more like Jesus. You desire to remind us of our ultimate mission and purpose in this life. And so I pray that you would take your word and you would plant it deep in our hearts this morning. That you would bring about the, the change that you desire to see in each one of us. God, I pray that your spirit would move and work mightily among us. We want to be more like Jesus, and only you can do that. And so thank you for your word. I pray that you, pray that you take this humble servant, and that through me you would speak your word, that it would be your voice that we hear. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to talk about some problems this morning, okay? 
some dangers, some problems, however you want to phrase it in. But the first problem, that uh, potential problem that we have is it's a problem when we are more passionate about politics than the mission we've been given as believers. It's a problem when we're more passionate about politics than the mission we've been given as believers. Now, before we talk about this, I want to say this, that you can insert anything in there. Like if you want to just leave that blank right there, you could. It's a problem when we're more passionate about blank than the mission we've been given as believers because uh, there are tons of things that we can become more passionate about than uh, our mission as believers. And so that's a dangerous place to be. It's a problem when that's, when that's the case. And so we can, people can be more passionate about their, their favorite sports team or they can be more passionate about their family or they can be more passionate about their career. But for the topic and conversation that we're having this morning, it's a problem when we are more passionate about politics than the mission we've been given as believers. Now, let me, let me say a couple things. Number one, uh, God is not opposed to government. God is, is not opposed to political parties. He's not opposed to, actually, actually, he's in favor of government. If you read through Scripture, you realize pretty quick that God's in favor of government. He has a plan and a purpose through government. Listen to what, listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 2. He says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. So it's pretty clear there. And we're going to wrap up our time together in, in Romans 13 where God tells us to, to submit to government and governing authorities. So government is established for our good, to keep things, to keep order. And, and, and so God uses government. He's used government through all of history, and he's going to continue to use government. Think about, uh, and this is just a few, just think about some of the people that God, his people that he placed in, uh, in government. That Daniel was in the ranks of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Think about how Joseph was appointed prime minister in Egypt. Deborah was a, Deborah was a judge. So we see over and over. Think about how Nehemiah was an official to the, to the king of Persia. This isn't anything new. And God's not opposed to, he's not opposed to government. And, and the thing is, is it's not wrong to support your political party. So, and, and we should, as Christians, like... We should allow Scripture to define who we align ourselves with. Okay? So we should allow Scripture to determine who we align ourselves with. Like we should vote for people that have our Christian morals and values. That, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting out and vote, voting. There's nothing wrong with being involved in our culture. There's nothing wrong with those things. And God, I would say you should vote. You absolutely should so I'm not saying you can't vote, that you can't have opinions, that you can't be involved. God gives us freedom to be involved in those things. But I'm about to say something. I need you to just listen, okay? God gives us freedoms and liberties in non-essential things. Okay? What do I mean when I say that? There are certain things that are non-essential. Like at the end of the day, they're not... They don't mean everything that we make them out to be. And politics is non-essential. Now, a lot of people might disagree with me, but let's just, let's just slow down. Let's take a look at 
Um, let's take a look at what Scripture says. I thought about, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about 2 Timothy chapter 2, where he says, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Okay? It's like, why are you getting involved in things that all they're doing is distracting you? All they're doing is taking your attention away from the most important thing. So you have a commander-in-chief, and he's given you a mission, and you should be most passionate about that mission. Right? And so, like, he's saying, don't get distracted. Don't let that take your mind off the things that are most important. Make sure you keep the main thing the main thing. And people who get distracted in civilian pursuits are going to get themselves shot. They're going to get other people shot. So a soldier, a good soldier, one who understands what's at stake, is going to keep their mind and their focus on what's most important. And they are going to be most passionate about that thing. And so when we get off track and we give, we're more passionate about other things, then we are going to get ourselves in danger. Look, the election, it's going to impact the direction of our country, undoubtedly. Probably not as much as we think it is, but it is. But when Jesus returns, this is what I was thinking about this week. When Jesus returns, he's not going to, when he comes back, he's going to be, man, can y'all believe the 2020 election? Man, my plan was cruising along, everything was going great. And then what happened? Like the wheels came off the bus. And then he's not going to say, okay, here's, here's how we're going to do things. I just need to, who did you vote for and who did you vote for? Okay, we're just going to step. What? We, we're not going to, when we stand before God, which all of us will. It's not like in that moment you're going to be like, I got one question before. I know we got a lot, like, but I got one question. Like what was going on in America with the 2020 election? No, it's non-essential. See, when you're standing before a holy and righteous God, you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be on your face. And you're not going to be thinking about who was elected president in 2020. Why? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, when you compare and you put things in perspective, guess what? It is non-essential. It has no bearing on anything. God's not going to let you into the kingdom because you voted for a specific candidate. Okay? He's going to ask you, what did you do with Jesus? And what have you done with the life that you've been given in him? That's what's going to be front and center because that is what is most essential in this life. And so we, we can't get sidetracked. We can't get distracted. We can't, we can't do that. And so vote. Write your congressman. Get involved. Stand up for your country. But make sure that those things take their proper place in light of King Jesus. Okay? And we've got to be most passionate about him. All right. Next, it's a problem when we have a blind allegiance to our political party. It's a problem when we have a blind allegiance to our political party. Now, what do I mean when I say blind allegiance? Um, it's crazy how, like, we, so many people, I'm not going to say we, I'm not going to assume that this is you. So many people think that their political party and their candidate is always right on everything and can never do anything wrong. And the opposing candidate and the opposing party can never do anything right and is always wrong about everything. The perfect illustration of this is I, I, um, 
I hate to say this, but unfortunately, I watched the first presidential debate. If you're in the room, I apologize for you as well. That was painful. I thought going in, well, this is going to be entertaining. And then about midway through, I'm like, this is a complete and total embarrassment. Like this, These are the two guys that are running for president for the United States of America. If I thought to myself, if I was the moderator, I, I would probably just get up and walk off. And I wouldn't have been mad at him if he did. And honestly, I don't think Biden or Trump would have realized that he walked off. Am I wrong? Like, if you saw the debate, you're like, nope, they probably wouldn't have even noticed that he left because they were so, it was crazy. I heard that, uh, you know, then the next one was canceled, but then there was a, another, uh, another debate. So there was only two this year, but I heard that they actually gave the moderator a mute button, which is genius, right? It's like, why, why didn't they think that through the, the first go around? So I didn't watch the second one because I couldn't, after the first one, I couldn't stomach it. But what happened is, is it was, now, you may disagree with me. It was a train wreck. It was an embarrassment. It was, it was terrible. But here's what happened. Those who were Trump supporters walked away and thought, man, Trump killed it. He killed it. He knocked it out. Trump won that thing, man. He did that. And those who were Biden supporters, man, Biden won that. Did you see all the dumb things Trump said? He was acting like this. He was acting like that. And, and, and both parties went away thinking their candidate won. I don't even know why we have debates because it really is pointless. Like everybody already knows who they're voting for. It's pointless. And then they walk away thinking, oh, well, my candidate did everything right in that situation, and that candidate did everything wrong and had nothing good to say. That's a dangerous place to, that's a dangerous place to be because when you're, when you're there, when you have that mindset, then you realize that, hey, I, what I'm doing, look, there's no perfect political party and there's no perfect candidate. That, that each side has strengths and has weaknesses, regardless of what you think. Your political party is right on some things and is wrong on some things. The opposing political party is right on some things and wrong on some things. Maybe one lines up more with Christian values, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't use them to do good things. And it doesn't mean that our group is always right about everything. It's just not, it's just not true. And the reason why that's true is because no political party represents the fullness of God's kingdom. Okay? No political party represents the fullness of God's kingdom. And it is damaging to think otherwise. They both have their problems. And they both have their, their strengths. All right. Problem number three. It's a problem when we think Jesus is for our party and opposed to the other. When I typed that in, I thought, I'm going to ask them who they think Jesus would vote for. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even think Jesus would vote. Like, I don't think he would vote. But here's the thing, Jesus doesn't have to vote. Okay, Jesus doesn't go and cast his ballot and go home and turn on the news and wait anxiously to see who's going to be named the next president. He doesn't do that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in Romans 13. He doesn't do that. He declares who the president is. That's, that's what happens. He declares who the president is. And so to think that, that Jesus is for our candidate and opposed to the other is dangerous. Listen, listen to who Jesus is for. I love this passage of Scripture. 
Joshua chapter 5. I don't need to set this up, frame it. I, I don't need to do anything other than read it, okay? When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? And so Joshua's like, all right, are you on our team or you're on their team? Like, I got to know, am I, do I, are we fighting? Are we friends? Or like what, right? And so and that's kind of the stance that we take in politics, right? Like, are you for us or are you against it? Like, there's no middle ground. We can't be friends. It's either friends or enemies. And Joshua asked him, he says, like, are you for us or are you for them? And he said, no. No. But I am the commander of the army of the Lord. In Old Testament, you'll see uh, these places where the, the commander of the army of the Lord is this manifestation of the, the, our Savior, of Jesus. And he says, no, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I've come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? See, it no longer mattered which side of the fence you're on. And when, when it comes to Jesus... He sides with himself. That's the thing we got to understand. Like He's not siding with the political party. He sides with himself. That's who he sides with. So when it comes to kings and kingdom, he sides with himself. And our loyalty to King Jesus should exceed any loyalty to any earthly agenda at any point in time. Our loyalty has to side with him above everything else, above political party, above Above anything, just fill in the blank. Our loyalty, again, he sides with himself. And so we need to side with Jesus at every turn. We need, to, we need to do the same. All right, next problem. It's a problem when we are more at home with people who share our politics but not our faith. And I was thinking about, uh, let me read that again. It's a problem when we are more at home with people who share our politics but not our faith. One of the, the when Scripture in, in John uh, Jesus makes this statement. He says, the world will know that you're my disciples by what? By the love that we have for one another. And so there's a, there's a bond that cannot be explained that, that the children of God have. And it's a problem when we're more at home with somebody who shares our political beliefs and our political stances than those who are in the kingdom and children of God. And, and you can fill in anything in there. So many people... Uh, are more at home with people who root for the same team than they are with people who share the same Savior. Like, that's a, that's a problem. And it's the love that we have for one another is what's going to declare to the world around us that our, who our Savior is. And so, look, we live in a, we live in a time where um, we are a divided people in this country. I mean, think about it. I mean, I mean it's basically split down the middle. It's 50% voted for somebody way over here and 50% voted for somebody way over here. And we, we can't have a conversation because anybody that didn't vote the way we did or see things the way we see them, then they are the enemy and they are demonized. It's the same way with, with everything. Your stance on where we are uh, on COVID, right? If you, you think one way or you think this way and it's just polar opposite and we're completely divided and somebody who thinks differently, they're seen as being idiots, the racial unrest, the social unrest, and it's like, and there's this, and you are on one team or you are on the other team, and there's no middle ground, and you are the enemy if you are not, if you don't think like me, act like me, do like me, you are, and so we live in this time where it's, it's extremely divisive, and there, there are people who can't, now not you guys, 
But there are people that can't fathom the idea that you can be a Christian and vote a particular party line. How do you call yourself a Christian and vote that party line? Or how do you call yourself a Christian and vote for that person? Like you can't. As I was, as I was reading um, just in preparation and studying, I ran across a story. Now, this is a true story. And uh, it was this way back in 1992. And uh, so this lady uh, had come to church just like Sunday morning. Say you strolled into church. You pulled in the parking lot. And when she pulled in the parking lot, she noticed that there was a, a car parked that had a bumper sticker for um, not the candidate that she voted for, but the opposing candidate. And so she was just completely and totally blown away. And uh, so she goes into her small group Bible study, and, you know, they're in there. And she, like, she wanted to share with everybody what she had seen. She wanted to share with everybody what's going on. So she, um, she gets in there, and she's like, y'all aren't going to believe this. But, like, uh, there was a car in the parking lot, and they had a bumper sticker for this candidate. And, uh, man, that's awesome. Like, we got lost people here today. And, uh, and so, like, God is moving, and, like, we need to pray for their salvation. And, um, See, here's where it gets awkward because the lady who was driving that car, um, who goes to her church, who was in her Bible study. Awkward. You realize, okay, things just got really awkward. But it, it's not our place to think that we can, like we can judge someone's uh, faith or their fellowship based on how, how they vote. And it's wrong for us. Here's what you need to understand. Here's what I need to understand. That there are Christians this side with every party line. There are Christians who are Republicans. There are Christians who are Democrats. There are Christians who are independents. And when we, when, when we don't stop and think about our stance and the way in which we handle the situation. What we do is we create division and hostility in the church. Okay, and that's exactly what, that's exactly what happened with her. And so we need to be very careful about the things we say. We need to be very careful about the things we post. Because, now, now I get it, we live in Mississippi. We live in South Mississippi. So I would venture to say that most people in here would vote Republican Party line. But I would go out on a limb and say not everybody in here does. But they don't feel like they can say that because of how they would be looked at within the church. And so we need to be very, very careful about the way in which we approach the things we're going to say. And what we don't want to do is create hostility and division. The thing that binds us together most above everything. And it's not wrong to think one way or the other. But it's the blood of Jesus that binds us together, not our political party affiliation. That's the truth. That's the truth. And when we belittle the opposing party, when we belittle the opposing candidate, I want you to understand, the things that you say about them is someone who is created in the image of God. Okay? And, and when we say hurtful things or belittling things, God sees that. For God so loved the, See, God sent his son. He slaughtered his son for Republicans, for Democrats, for Trump, for Biden. 
There are children of God that reside in different political party groups. And when we talk about them, when we belittle them, we are talking about the children of God. We've got to stop and think. We've got to stop and think. We've got to. Ephesians 2. I want to I read you a passage. Um, because when we belittle, what we do is we create hostility. And we want to, I just want to take a look here real quick about uh, two groups of people where there was great hostility. The Jews and the Gentiles. And Paul comes and he wants to have a conversation about what Jesus came to do in regards to hostility. Listen to what, listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 12, he says, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Our ultimate, ultimate citizenship is in heaven. And it exceeds our citizenship as Americans. We are not citizens of this world. This is, this is not our home. We are aliens that are, that are passing through. And the country is in complete and total chaos. But this country is not the end. This world is not the end. It's temporary. And it's passing. And so we've got to keep a biblical mindset. We've got to, got to make sure that we keep uh, a perspective that's right. And again, allowing ourselves to be more influenced by Scripture and see through the lens of Scripture before we see through the lens of red or blue. We've got to be more influenced by what God has to say and less influenced by what the media will tell us or what social media will tell us or what the new, this news agency or that news agency or somebody like the political experts. Like, no, like we need to be, allow God's word to influence us so that we can keep a biblical perspective. And let's just say, uh, let's just say the worst thing happens. Let's say your, your, your candidate is not president for the next four years, Okay. Let's just say that happens. Let's just say, I mean, I wanted to just take it all, let's just go all the way. Let's say we become a communist state. I mean, that's what's being said. If like one political group gets in, then we're just going to socialism and communist state. And Let's just say that happens. It's temporary. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for what we believe and we shouldn't uh, fight for, uh, for, you know, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, at the end of the day, this is not our home. It's not our home. And the truth is, is we've been, we've been spoiled. 
I don't think either one of these kings uh, would compare with Nero. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to know what a bad leader is? Why don't you go home this afternoon and read through First and Second Kings? We are so spoiled as Americans. We don't know. We don't have a clue. We don't have a clue. And so we need to just stop and realize we are a very blessed people to live where we live today. Okay, we need to, we need to stop and realize that and then realize that, hey, we need to get a right perspective because things could be a whole lot worse. And at the end of the day, this world's going to pass. And the truth is, is we need, to be, we need to be more focused on winning souls than winning an election. Or winning an, an argument with somebody who may think differently than us or stand for a diff, different candidate or political party. Like, what's most important? Winning souls to Jesus so that, so that their citizenship can be in the ultimate kingdom. And that they will bow to the ultimate king of kings. And the truth is, is there's only one perfect and lasting government. And get ready. Buckle up. It's not America. It's not America. Okay? So the next problem. It's a problem when we're more concerned about America than we are the kingdom of God. It's a problem when we're more concerned. Should you be concerned about America? Absolutely. I love America. I love America. I love this country. I love everything that it stands for. I love the principles that this country was founded on. I think this is the greatest country in all of the world. Above and beyond anything else. And I'm thankful for opportunities like this where we can come in this place. That we can sing to the King of Kings. And we can worship our God and hear from His Word. And we don't have to worry about anybody barging in here and taking us to jail. Or worse. Like... It is an unbelievable gift, and I love this country, and I think that we should do everything that we can to preserve these values and these principles, and we should do those things. But at the end of the day, America is going to cease to exist. It's going to cease to exist. And look, America is in the midst of everything else. I mean, here's, this is, America is not even God's chosen nation. That's Israel. But we... But we just, we, we oftentimes, we just miss that. And we get so, like, it's awesome. It's amazing. But America will cease to exist. There's going to be a time when America is no more. But God's kingdom and his citizenship will go on forever. And we can't be more passionate and care more about America than we do about the things of the kingdom of God. Next problem. It's a problem when we put more faith in a person or a party than we do Jesus. It's a problem when we put more faith in a person or a party than we do Jesus. Psalm 27. Uh, so good. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We should not, listen, people of God, we should not be freaking out right now. Our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in a president. Our hope is not in a party line. 
Our hope is not in a new year. Our hope is not. Our hope is in the name of the Lord. And it's in Him we trust. Now, if you, if you, like, if, if your hope is in the government, or your hope is in a particular party line, or your hope is in a president, like, if that's the case, then you need to be freaking out right now. You should be freaking out. But for God's people, our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. Neither one of these guys, no matter who gets elected, I don't even know. Like, who is it? Who's it going to be? After all the analysis and all the lawsuits and all the audits and all the who knows. But after all that, like, it's not in them that we trust. It's in it's in God. These two guys, look, they can't save us. Neither one of them can save you. And honestly, the truth is, neither one of them uh, can save our country. Our hope is not in man. Our hope is not in some institution. Our hope is in God and trusting in Him. Both those guys, just like you and me, we're, they're myths that will appear for a little while, and then they'll vanish. Both of them will stand before God, just as we will. And so look, here's the thing. Did I, did I cast my vote? Well, sure I did. Have I prayed for our country? Sure I have. Will I continue to pray for our country? Absolutely. Do I know what's going to happen? I have my ideas. But I don't, I don't know. But my hope's not in that. So the election may appear to be uncertain, but God is still on the throne. And so whenever it's decided, maybe it won't go the way in which we think it should. And again, I go back to the fact that we're so spoiled. And we feel like there's this, this entitlement that, that all our governmental leaders should align perfectly with our values. And that, you know, that... If we don't get the president the, that we think we should, uh, that we deserve, then something's wrong and God's no longer in control. No, God is still in control. And we're not entitled to anything. He's God. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And he's proven himself faithful for all eternity, and he's going to continue to be faithful. And we can trust in him. And he is still seated on the throne and whoever is elected doesn't have anything to do with that because he's the one that's God. Now, no matter who wins, as we wrap this thing up, no matter who wins, Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Did you hear that? Whoever it is. Look, I can sit here and there are tons of things that frustrate me uh, with what's going on. There's tons of things that's just, it's just not right. And the way things have been done. And like, I'm with you. I'm with you. But at the end of the day... Let everybody be subject to the governing authorities. That means whether your candidate wins or not. 
and that there is no authority except by God. That those that exist have been instituted by God, appointed by Him. Like, I don't know about y'all, but that, that's comforting to me. That's comforting that I can, I can lay my head on the pillow and I'm like, okay, this is what. Now, sometimes that means it's discipline for us, but it's always for our good. It's always for our good. And so God's always working for his glory and using the circumstances and everything that we face for the good of his people and the furtherance of his kingdom. And so we can't take this stance of it's not my president because God just said that all authority was, were instituted by him and appointed by him. So you can say not my president, but then the last part of that verse says, and those who resist will incur judgment. And those are, those are God's words, not, not mine. And look, here's the thing. God has used far better people to carry out his plan. And he's, he's used far worse people to carry out his plan. He's always working out his plan. He's always on mission. And he's invited us to be a part of the mission and not to get caught up in civilian pursuits and trivial things and non-essential things. To stay focused with him. He's going to continue to do that. He's going to continue to work out his plan, regardless of who wins. Listen to Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Let that comfort you. Like God is in control. He's not asleep at the wheel. He's completely and totally in control. And the elections, this election, elections in the future, they, they have the potential to impact our country and the direction and the future of our country. Absolutely. Sure they do. But our actions, our attitudes, our allegiances, see those have the potential to impact the kingdom, the kingdom. The kingdom. And it can impact either positively or negatively. We've got to choose how we're going to, to respond. And so after everything's said and done, after the chaos passes, one thing is certain. Our mission remains the same. Our mission remains the same. And so the last point here is our witness and our mission is more important than whoever is elected. Don't let your witness be ruined. Don't forget about the mission that we've, we've been given. You and I have been commanded to make disciples. We've been commanded to make disciples. Not, not political disciples that will vote the way we vote, but disciples of Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's the command. That's the call for the believer. And here's the thing. Whoever is elected president, there is good news. So if it's a, if it's a Biden America... There's good news. If there's a Trump America, there's good news. Here's the good news. God is still in the business of bringing people from death to life. Okay? And so like, and he's invited us to be a part of that. He's allowed us to play a part in his ultimate plan. Don't get sidetracked. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. That God saves people. Like he brings people from death to life. And we're consumed with this presidential election. We should be mind blown with the fact that God 
perfect and holy and righteous in every way, would look upon a broken people, a sinful people who have rebelled against him, and he would call them to himself and save us and then allow us to be a part of that mission in this life, and we would be so consumed and focused about a stinking election? Come on! Like, we've been given the greatest calling ever. Let's pick up the calling. Let's, let's charge out of here like soldiers of Jesus. That we get to build the kingdom. We're citizens of the kingdom. Citizens of the kingdom. We get to be a part of that. So I hope, I hope and pray that as we leave here today that we can be, we can be encouraged and we can be challenged. And we can remember that sitting in our home and our, our trust is not in man or government or this country. But God's placed us here to be a part of his work. Let's not get distracted. Let's not get distracted from the ultimate purpose and plan God has for us. Would you stand with me?